Hello, and welcome to the Alicia Power Hour, as we just <laughs> 10 seconds previously decided we're going to call it. Sure. Um, this is not a typical daily musings episode because, well, first of all, my episodes haven't been daily for quite a while. Um, second of all, it's an interview, so I'm not in my own home sitting on the floor. I'm in someone else's basement. Um, so this is Dave Roman, who is a longtime friend, and he has a recording studio and a sound, like you do, like mm-hmm. sound work for people and stuff like that. So hi, Dave. Hello. Thank you for, I was going to say thanks for joining me as if I've put everything together, but no, I've totally um, inhabited Dave's space. He's put up all the lights. He's got the videos this going. Is, he's got the sound going. This is Roman Empire Studios. That's that's where we are. Yeah. Yeah. And this is going to be is like a significantly higher quality video than what I usually do as a result um, of it. So um, yeah. So thanks for um, for chatting with me. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of context, we recorded a podcast episode just previous to this. So you'll have to check it out on his podcast. It is the Coliseum, Creative Coliseum. That's right. Right. Uh, with uh, do you do you brand it under Roman Empire Studios? Yeah, it's we kind of consider it an in-house production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can find that anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, it was a lot of fun. So thanks for yeah. having me on your show. Oh, it's great. I'm glad we're doing another podcast because I feel like I didn't get to talk enough with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. I feel like uh, some of my favorite podcasts. Just a very quick diversion here, but are really long. Like so, yeah. for example, I really like listening to um, like Tim Ferriss is a classic one. They're like two hour podcasts oh, because yeah. I love when people get nitty gritty and just like start i feel like conversations get way more interesting past the first hour mark totally because you totally. get all the stuff out of the way like all the kind of standard stuff and then you start getting into the, like the like how someone really feels about something yeah yeah, yeah. no 100 percent. I, I i'm always like with my podcast i'm always kind of on the fence about how long i should make it because part of me is like oh it needs to be digestible but then i'm like man i just love talking for hours with people and nerding out yeah Maybe nobody will listen to that, but I guess I would like that more. So maybe I should just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could have a really long episode where like by the end of it, we're having like a deep discussion on the Oculus device. <laughs> right, right. We're just talking about the Oculus Quest. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Dave, who are you? Who am I? Um, I am an audio engineer. Uh, as you can tell here in my studio, <laughs> we're recording you. Uh, I, I, Yeah, I guess I'm an artist. Um, I father. guess I'm an artist. I don't know. Like, uh, it's so funny because I always think of myself as an artist second and like a producer engineer first, which maybe I am because that's what makes me the most money. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm a parent, a couple kids. I'm married, uh, an old fart from Weyburn. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm a lot of different things. But, you know, I, I feel like these days I'm mostly just a business owner, you know, doing content creation, working in the film industry, that kind of stuff. All audio related, all music. That, that seems to be where I mostly live and, and a bit of music too. So, yeah. Yeah. So to give a little bit of backstory about uh, Dave from my point of view as well. So um, I've known you for a really long time because I are, it's like, it's like when you're in bands, when you're young, it's like, you, you know, people in other bands and like mm-hmm. band friends and uh, you were always involved with music um, with, with Rob was like our link, right? Yes. Rob links everyone. Rob yeah. links everyone. Yeah. So Rob uh, is the person who did a lot of the, the work on my album as well. So actually mm-hmm. you and Rob both worked a lot on my album where um, Rob did a lot of the bass, a lot of the guitar mm-hmm. he produced it uh he did a lot of heavy lifting and then of course you mastered the album yeah i, I wanted to do more actually because you had asked me initially to do more and that was when i was going through my health my health stuff otherwise yeah the time I, constraint was real i think i would have totally done it now in the mm-hmm. situation i'm in so it's unfortunate but yeah 
Awesome. Yeah, but but Dave did produce one track on my album, which you'll mm-hmm. get to hear in March when it actually gets released. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've known you for like probably a couple decades, at least like known of you. And in fact, we've collaborated in random ways over the year. Like we yeah. re- we uh, recorded that one track. There was like one summer. Mm-hmm. When was that? Was that must have been like uh, 2013? I don't know. It was so long ago. It was when I first started this business. So yeah, 2013 was probably right. Yeah. yeah and I don't know how it came about, but it was sort of like, hey, do you want to record a song? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was at the time I was obsessed with female electropop. Like that was like it. Like I wanted like Purity Ring was just coming out and they were super awesome. Uh, lights. I was big into lights. So I was big yeah. into all that. So I still am. But but uh, I, so I really was like, geez, I need, I need somebody who knows what they're doing to like do something like that with me. And and I did actually have a musician uh, join me for a while and she just never really got committed and didn't really, you know, uh, put out artistically. And and so it, I eventually just moved on from that. But yeah, you you made us one song with me. And that one was like, song. It was fun. It was like yeah. on my way out. Uh, I was just moving to Toronto. So it was right before I moved and tried like the big city life thing for a while. Right. Um, and actually, it's still up on your SoundCloud, isn't it? It's uh, Sleep in the Ocean. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel like that was that song was super popular. Like it was, uh, <laughs> well, well, what I mean by that is like, like it was one of the ones that like had the most downloads from what my, from your, I don't mean like super popular, yeah, yeah. Up, but for me, <laughs> I mean, for, for modest little me, that yeah. was like, I think that was the one that got a lot of attention and kept getting downloaded and talked about. So that was, yeah, that was, that made me excited because that was like my first foray into, um, something electronic and poppy. Like it really yeah, was. Previously, like you should talk about, uh, I'd love to hear more about, uh, linger. Cause that mm-hmm. was your main project. It still is in some, or are you kind of done with it? <sighs> I got this giant album yeah. <laughs> waiting to finish and I don't know when it's going to happen. I'd love to, cause I love the album, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've done so many different projects. Obviously I've done the criminal kid mm-hmm. when you started it. Um, I did linger. Yeah, that's the other, we have to bring that in because you started the criminal kid. I did. <laughs> that was I, my I'm name. like continuing it, but that's it hilarious. all started with you. Like the name. Yeah. Yeah. The concepts. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I was in Linger, I was in Criminal Kid. And yeah, Criminal Kid's concept was uh, the initial, the, when I initially started at the idea that it was going to be political and it was going to be like, the criminal kid was this weird oxymoron. Like how can, of a, course. How can a child be a criminal? Mm-hmm. That was that was the whole idea. So, and we had this whole uh, look that we were like factory workers. <laughs> we had like, we like, went all bought the same cheap shirt and we all like just dirtied it and made it disgusting. Those and, p- and, pictures still exist on Facebook. Yeah, I, yeah. I, liked, I liked the motif. Like it was kind of cool. And we were going to be, I, at least in my mind, I, I wanted to be kind of post-punk and, you know, I, I was really influenced by Refused and at the drive-in and stuff like that. And I wanted to do things somewhat like that. I never really got to that that uh, that side of music mainly mainly because you had a lot of different cooks and we have, everybody brings in their own influence and it changes it but but uh, yeah so I kind of I pictured it like that it was just going to be scrappy and, and gritty well. and heavy. <laughs> Yeah. I kind of changed that a little yeah. bit, didn't I? <laughs> but we started that transition, yeah. like even before you got there, right? Like I think there was some talk. Well, for me, I knew I was going to have a kid and things were getting getting tough. Like I was getting tired <laughs> and and I was like, well, you know, I can't really carry the load of, of the, the front person anymore. I don't really want to either. And so that's why we brought you on board. And the idea was to shift, shift styles when, when we picked you um, into something a little different. Right. And so some of the initial songs we wrote together, were starting to go that direction already. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was sort of like, um, I was, I was headed in the door, um, into the criminal kid at the same time that you were kind of going out the door. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, we, we kind of like, uh, crossed over a little bit. Like we recorded a track together. We did. Yeah. Uh, and we wrote some stuff. Yeah. It was not my plan to do that. Initially I thought I was going to stick around. Um, and then it just, it just became too much. Yeah. I just didn't have the time, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. the, like, 
you were um, so we've been involved in a lot of musical projects over the years. So Linger was your um, like your big one that yeah. I, I recall. Yeah, I've done it forever. Yeah, Linger Linger started in I don't even remember it was in the nineties. <laughs> it was a long time ago uh, with myself and Rob Hillstead. And uh, Nathan Bins from from Wayburn, Saskatchewan. Well, in fairness, like when you're growing up in a small town, this is Mm -hmm. one of the benefits I think of actually, uh, because I mean, people trash talk Saskatchewan. And Mm -hmm. I mean, people, I mean, us in particular, like people I know, uh, it's not like random people are trash talking Saskatchewan as much as I think we who live here trash talk it. Um, But when it gets so cold and there's like nothing to do when you live in, I feel like it's a great push for creativity. Like what if you guys were all born and raised in Toronto, would you have... Like, yeah, that's hard to say, right? I, I mean, we were such misfits and such outcasts in Weyburn of all places. Like, for those who need some context, like Weyburn is a highly conservative uh, small town. And you've lived there, you know yeah. now. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I grew up there when there was very few brown people <laughs> like myself. Um, you know, I, I was very, very much an outcast there. Very much... Um, I, I actually amplified that on purpose. I became goth, the goth kid and all that stuff. I really wanted to find myself and actually that helped a lot. But, but uh, anyways, so yeah, like what else do you do? Like what, I don't know. Like we, I really looked up to Rage Against the Machine and Tool and Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails and all this stuff at the time. I mean, I know we don't talk about Manson anymore, but, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah, I was a big fan of that whole genre and um I was really influenced by that. So I don't know, like I always kind of thought I was going to be in a band. I remember I had these friends, uh, they never did anything musically, but we always talked about this joke band we had. And and I was like serious. Like, like they were like, oh, we're going to make this band. We're going to make this band. And I don't know if they would remember this if I even talked to them, but I, it really stuck with me. I was like, yeah, we're going to make a band. We're going to do this. Yeah, do they this. were joking, but there was like, you yeah. were like, oh no, this is for Yeah, real. they were having a good time. Yeah. And I was kind of like, how do we do this? How yeah. do we do this? So then I started doing it. I don't know. I just, I, Rob and I just started picking up guitars and figuring out how to play them and writing depressing music and and the best kind of music, right? <laughs> right? We actually, you know, the funny thing is our first song we really wrote together, like entirely wrote together <laughs> was this anti-smoking song <laughs> for high school. <laughs> How old were you? Like 14, like 15? We were, we were in high school in like a yeah. media studies class and the assignment was to re- enter this anti-smoking contest or so. I can't, it was something That's like awesome. that. So <laughs> I feel like we were the only song entry in this whole thing and, and they just gave us the money. It was like, nice. <laughs> and it was like, it was a cheesy song. <laughs> I still remember it. Like it's still in my head. I can yeah, I'm not going to sing okay. it though. Uh, it was called Corporate Nick Fit, which was hilarious. Corporate. Yeah, and it was talking about like corporations like like exploiting you and ruining your health with their cigarettes and stuff like that. Oh, so you like made it edgy? Like yeah, in, it was in a the vein edgy. of the artist that you, you were into at the time? Yeah, it was a little punk. Um, That's pretty cool. It's yeah. It's like a pretty cool way to get started with music. Well, you know, our very first song was award winning. That's That was always our joke. <laughs> Rob and I would always call ourselves award winning songwriters after that. We're like, oh yeah, we're award winning songwriters. Really, it's literally true. We won this Sask anti smoking <laughs> award thing. I don't know. It was just, I don't even remember what, what the contest was officially, but yeah. Anyways, uh, so yeah. that's that's like a pretty big. Um, I want to take it to the present a little bit now mm-hmm. because one of the ways in which we've reconnected recently is because we both have bands that are releasing mm-hmm. albums right away and uh, kind of on a very similar trajectory. So first of all, your band is Femme Fragile, and you have one single and video out from the new album, right? Technically, we have we've released. Four singles from the album already. Oh, have you? Yes. Oh. Okay. However, we only have two of them online right now, uh, because the first two, ex- like the whole plan was to release the full album before the expiry of one year that you pay for on TuneCore. Oh. <laughs> 
and that never happened. So <laughs> they expire. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I don't want to renew them knowing I'm going to re-release them on the full oh, album. So, that makes so sense. two of them have lapsed, but you can still find the music video for Pretty and Dying, for instance, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You just can't find it on streaming platforms. But yeah, we've released four singles already, which is I mean, I don't know how long it's been. It's been way too long. <laughs> yeah. So when did I was going to ask you, like, when did you guys start the like when did you record your album? You know, I'm I'm starting to forget the timelines because it's been years now. But I know I just know we've been slowly recording it for years, uh, writing a song, recording like the way I work is probably different than some people because I, I I'm not really a jammer anymore. Like I used to jam and come up Same. with songs. Right. Uh, I sit at my computer and I just like come up with riffs and I record them. I uh, come up with a beat. I record it. Like I do a lot of that stuff. And for this particular project, like I'm, I'm the musician, like I'm doing all the music. Mm-hmm. That's, it's all, that's, that part's me. Uh, Shalin does the vocals and writes the lyrics and she actually start started doing a lot more initial songwriting now too, which is cool. Um, but um, yeah. So, I mean, I sit at a computer, I, I come up with ideas and then I, and then I, we, we did this totally digitally. I mean, I'd be mm-hmm. sending ideas to Shalin. She would record something over top of it with her phone. I'd bring it back in. I'd, I'd edit it, you know, like, like it was just kind of back and forth like that. And then when we felt like we had enough for a demo, she'd come in and, and do the demo. And to be honest, quite often that would just become the final recording because I'm set up to be a studio. So, so you, you're you know, making like high quality demos. Exactly. It's not like it's right? some garage demo. There's, there's instant feedback to what you've made, right? You create it and then you can listen to it and, and then you can kind of make a judgment based on that. Like, like, it's not like I'm listening to some like little iPhone recording, trying to figure out if this is a good song we should record. Like I get to kind of That's hear what it sounds point. like. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, maybe this one's not so good. Maybe this one's good. So yeah, we've done that for years and to be honest, this album was finished writing um, easily a year ago, maybe more. Uh, and it's now finished all the mixing and the marketing and the music videos is all there already. And the album's going to come out for real. So it took you like basically a year from finishing to um, to do mm. like all the detail work of the recordings, like when all yeah. the tracks were kind of done and then you had to nitpick them for a while. Yeah. I, I mean, I mixed in chunks. It wasn't just a year. Like it was it would be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on a roll right now for a month and I'd be mixing and then I'd stop and then I'd be on a roll again for another month. Like, you know, like it was, it wasn't consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I've, I've, there's a few of them I've reapproached a couple times because yeah, you said, uh, when we were talking on, on your podcast mm-hmm. that one of them you were noodling with like two weeks ago. Yeah. 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 The, the, the new single that's coming out, I, I, I which is love, very no. good by the way. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I believed in the song so much that I was like, I'm not going to allow it to have anything subpar. And when we first recorded the vocals, it was like when COVID was still, we were, we had no idea what was going on with COVID. So Shalin and I decided we still wanted to finish the album. So we, we ran a snake from this basement all the way to my garage and she recorded it in my garage while I sat in here. And <laughs> Just to be like COVID protocol. Yeah, for real. Wow. And, then, and then we met outside in the middle, like, cause it was warm out and, and we just hung out outside in the middle, talked and then went back to our things and we could talk through the mics too. So um, but yeah, we recorded in a garage. I cool. makeshift, I'd makeshifted the vocal booth. So I didn't love it. I, like, I, I thought it was okay. The initial recording for the vocals, but I didn't love it. So I just decided, Hey, I've got all, I got better tools now. I've got my professional vocal it booth. It wouldn't take that long. No. And we knew the song really well. I, I was like dreading having to remix the vocals cause there's a lot, but, um, but we did it and I remixed it quick and I was like, no, let's, let's give this single the best possible chance yeah. that it can have, because I feel like this is the single that. I, I enjoy the most that, that, you know, is the catchiest, that is most accessible. And, and it's not just about, you know, well, we need to have people listening to it, but I, I just, I, I, I really do believe in a single. I feel like it's a really good single. So what date are you releasing it on? 
Ooh, I think it's the 25th of February, I believe. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So within a month or so. Um, yeah. It's called Bitter, and there's Bitter. a music video that goes along with it as well. So keep yes. your eye out. Like, uh, follow Femme Fragile on Spotify or wherever you catch yeah. your music. Um, maybe maybe iTunes would be a more appropriate choice for the uh, for the <laughs> for what's happening in the moment regarding Spotify. So what was the track that you released um, previous? So Bitter is the one coming up. Yeah. Um, really excited. I just He actually just shared the video with me, so I'm very excited for the rest of you to see it. It was really fun. Um, and it's a really, really like, it's actually like for being a song called bitter, it actually has like kind of a positive feel, like a lot of it's major key. It's got yeah. like a nice, uh, but what was the track prior to this that people could check out, um, the video that you did recently? Yeah. I, I just made a little homemade video with, uh, called counterfeit with the, counterfeit, ca- with the yeah. cameras I'm using right now, actually one of them. Uh, <laughs> and I, you know, my, my philosophy with that one was just, I just want to make like a really quick video with a, with a DSL. Well, I guess I have a mirrorless with a mirrorless camera that I have. That's not like super high budget. That's just simple stuff. And just to have kind of something, cause the, the one that's coming out bitter is actually funded and everything. Right. And it has a grant and it's a little more high, high budget. And we, we hired uh, Taryn Schnell from picturesque media to do it. So, so yeah, I did a quick little video. Uh, I just felt like there was a gap in our content and we needed to keep going and keep doing things. So I just did that, but, but yeah, counterfeits the third single off. No fourth single. Holy crap. Yeah, that's the fourth single off yeah, the Yeah, so better will be the fifth. Yeah, yeah. like we've had uh, Save Yourself as the first one, then Pretty and Dying, uh, then Feel Me, and then Counterfeit. And then Bitter is the last single off the album. We're not going to release another like bonafide single off the album. Then the whole album is just coming out after that. Exactly. It's a 10-track album, so we didn't want to like give it all away immediately, mm-hmm. but but uh, definitely wanted to to milk it a bit. I mean, you work so hard on an album, you need to, you want, you want to get, you know, some, some benefit out of it. So, so we, we spread out singles. Well, one cool thing about counterfeit that, um, I appreciate, and I I think this is a really cool thing for artists in general is because of all the social media content that people create, like TikTok and stuff like that, we sort of have like, it feels very modern actually for something to be like using handheld cameras and a little lower quality. It feels um, fresh mm, in a mm. way that I think sometimes highly produced videos don't have the, the same feeling. It feels uh, very of the moment. Right. So I thought that stylistically, ah. uh, it kind of captured that. It felt uh, like it had that kind of modern style to it. Yeah. You know, that's funny. Like, I don't know that I made it with the intention of capturing the modern vibe of video making, but I did think like I wanted it to be gritty and, and handheld and like we're just downtown shooting. Like I wanted to feel like that's exactly what we were doing. I mean, I even got kicked out of one place <laughs> at one point because um, I was like pointing a camera at apparently has security cameras of one of the banks. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, no, I'm not filming the camera. I'm filming the sky. Like I like the skyline <laughs> and this guy's like, eh, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we want it to be very gorilla style and, and handheld and, and like the, the content of the video is, like, it's just glitchy and gross. Like, that was the whole idea. Like, it's, uh, we, we based it off of, you know, for people who live in Regina, Victoria Park, where all the, we called them the Vic Park kids hang out. Like, we wanted it to feel like we were just a bunch of Vic Park kids downtown. <laughs> and we even, like, went and randomly picked some people up, like, to be in the video at some point. Like, they're just sitting there. <laughs> That's extremely extroverted of you guys. I'm yeah. very impressed. Yeah, we just went, we went all out that with that kind of motif. And um, yeah, so I think the, I think the camera and and the, just the, the sur- surroundings, like the mise-en-scene and everything really fits that just trashy. Well, we called it like, what did we call it? Like, like gothy trash or something. I don't know. We, <laughs> we, were, we had like an aesthetic we wanted to go for. And it just, it basically represents us. Like we're kind of, we're kind of frumpy people with. Well, and it, it creates a really interesting creative contrast to the new videos that, that's coming out. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is like you said, it, there was a budget for it. It's really polished. You brought in an actress uh, to perform it. It's all indoors. It's, it's got mm-hmm. a very like contained 
storyline as opposed to counterfeit, which feels like you said, just kind of like rough around the edges deliberately. Uh, Shaylin gets a tattoo like for real. For real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a pretty cool part of the video. So I like that there are very different aspects of uh, your guys's music. Yeah. And I think that like, I mean, that's always a challenge. I think as an artist, you might relate to this. Like I, I, I don't want to be totally in a box all the time, but at the same time, I do think sometimes we might go too far. Like one direction, like one song will sound like nine inch nails or something. And then the next song is going to sound like Lord and, and something else like, I don't know. And book 182 or something, you know, like it just seems like there's, it's good to blend those things. I got to blend all of our influences, but I feel like there's uh sometimes we get on the edge with that of like how much to blend. And, Losing coherency. You mean yes, like between exactly. different styles? So really the thing that ties all the music together for us is the guitar. I mean, um, we really, the guitar and the percussion, I should say, because uh, the whole philosophy of the album is, you know, there's kind of trap inspired beats, even though they're not hundred percent trap counterfeit totally is trap. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's like drill. Like it's the, 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 the kicks are drilling all the time. Right. Um, and then there's always kind of punky riffs. Um, the guitar, like I, 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 I won't lie. I was super influenced by little peep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that kind of genre. So a lot of, a lot of the guitar work I do is like, Hey, remember those riffs I used to write in the nineties and early two thousands that were not cool anymore. Well, now they're cool again. So I brought a lot of that stuff back. Um, and yeah, so that ties it together. So yeah, bitter has, has a guitar line. You'd probably think like blink One Eighty Two would play or something, right? Like it's right. But the, the way that it's, um, forgive my lack of like technical Mm -hmm. language, but the way that it's been um, mixed and edited, it feels, uh, like it's, it's got a very fresh editing style. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, one of the big things I, I, I like in modern music is sparseness mm-hmm. uh, and beat uh, and, you know, and th- like thumping bass. I just love big, thick bass. Uh, and then, yeah. And then you have all this space over top of it for like, like there's a snap in the song. There's, there's lots of, this is big reverb kind of uh tail. Uh, yeah. So I, I just like that. And, and mo- modern music is all about, you know, space. Mi- yeah. Minimalism. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's let's, let's put a drum kit and a pad and some vocals over top of it and let's just do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, very true. Yeah, I think the um, <laughs> that like to talk about the coherency thing a little bit. That was something because um, because my album Dear Disaster is also like a little all over the place in terms of uh, like I I'm proud of the fact that I think anyway um, one song doesn't sound exactly like the other. Right. So when you listen to the album, at least I think uh, it doesn't just all bleed together as one kind of long piece of music. That, and a lot of artists sound like that, and it's really cool. So one one for example, like I love Kurt Vile. Love him. Uh, I I could listen to his music all day, every day. Um, But it's like one track really blends into the next track. Right. uh, Which is cool because sometimes you just want music to give you a vibe. Sure. Uh, But sometimes uh, you want each music to be like its own unit as like a, like a piece in the story and be distinct. Yeah. I I always, I try to live in that, in that area somewhere. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and that's, that's really what I struggle with. And and I, you know, just know my influences are nine inch nails. Well, if you know how many different like styles Trent Reznor has incorporated over the years, you know, and even within a single album, like yes. you look at the fragile and every song is quite different. You know, some's like a, one's like a beautiful piano line with a beat and like ambiences. And the next one's like metal, you know, and like the next one's industrial. Like it just, it goes, it goes yeah. all over the place, but yet there is cohesion. So yeah. I've always lived there and I can't seem to get out of that. I think that's just the kind of music I enjoy. I enjoy some eclectic aspects I don't, I don't, I think, yeah, if I have an artist who's just kind of producing the same kind of sound over and over again, then I get bored and, and maybe that's the engineer in me, you mm-hmm. know, like I, I, I love the soundscape. I almost hear that first before anything else. I, you know, I, I like the melody of the lyrics, but it's actually, I get bugged because 
I can't remember. She, recently, Shalin and I are having some discussion and like, I, I know her lyrics, obviously. I mean, but, but then sometimes I don't really like pay attention to them. I pay attention to what she's doing. I'm like, oh, I like I like the way you sang that. I like the way you felt that. And, and like, I'll forget like, oh, you said that in a song you know, kind of thing, <laughs> right? Because the words aren't as important to me as the, as the soundscape, which is just who I am. I, I've just come to appreciate that. Yeah. And I think about it in a totally different way. So when you're talking about like guitar and like the beat kind of being the backbone of your album, I think the like the, the vocal style is the thing that unites the tracks on my album mm. and the way it's done. Uh, I think like because there's faster there's like you know shiver in the sun is really like high energy rock kind of thing but then you have uh like the piece the music that you worked on natural feelings which is like pretty dark and uh how would you describe that one i don't even know like um, yeah i mean that one i obviously brought my resonant influence in yeah. there like it's got the four on the floor doom dancey thingy um i don't know that one's that one it, that one's your most hard rock sounding. Maybe, yeah, but. yeah, it's got the it's got the moments. Yeah, uh, it's got the most like dynamic range. There's like a love song. There's mm-hmm. like uh, there's a couple like I'm at the bottom of the barrel kind of like despair of life kind of songs. So, uh, but the one thing is, I think there is the way that I write vocals, um, some kind of unity from song to song. So even if the music itself changes, because some of the some of the songs were like very acoustic. Um, for mm-hmm. the most part, we used organic instruments. And, uh, and it, like we did bring in synth a little bit and stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I feel like even if the, the way that we built the song, the amount of layers and stuff, even if that was really different from one song to the next, the vocals were kind of keeping it connected. Right, right. But, yeah, you know, that's interesting you say that because I'm thinking like that was something intentionally we did too is, is uh, we decided to make vocals weird sometimes. Like, like we decided to like, uh, I, I listened to, I mean, triple X Tentacion, however you say his name. I mean, crazy controversial figure, but, but musically, I mean, on his album, there would be like singing and then there'd be rap and then there'd be screamo and then there'd be, and so we wanted a little bit of that in our album. So you haven't heard the album yet, but the album there, there's, there's screaming on it at times. Yeah. <laughs> like there's outright like emo screams kind of thing. Awesome. Um, but there's like, but then there's a lot of like soft AS, ASMR type yep. stuff. I do a lot of that on, on Dear right? Disaster as well. Yeah. But then there's like times where she's kind of like counterfeit is a little bit more like belting and it's, not, it's almost hip hop at times. Yeah. It's got attitude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think we, we, I wanted to do that. Although I don't know, again, like I, I always feel like it skirts the edge for me. Like, mm-hmm. like, like your philosophy is probably good in that, in that it's easy to identify who you are as an artist then, you know, mm-hmm. like, like you're the, you're the voice, you're the singer. And so, but I think you can still have a lot of very variety within that. Cause sure. I, I would never want to like, um, I mean, not trying to like name names, Nickelback or anything like that, but the way, <laughs> the way that, the way that he sings, it's like, every note is the same volume and the same like it's just all in your face there's yeah. no like there's no like subtlety um it's like one dynamic quality one range and i think that's like one thing i mean it's obviously extremely recognizable you know it's nickelback within two seconds oh yeah um but at the same time i think that you can still have like a recognizable coherent sound and still have a lot of variety like maybe you scream maybe you like sing really softly but it's still I, I don't know. I feel like um, Shaylin's voice is pretty distinct and no, like it's easy to know. Definitely. Um, I, I think for the most part, she sings in kind of a softer voice on the album. Like, I think that's like her main thing. And yeah, you're right. Like there's, you can just recognize it. Like she's got this, I've, I've had a hard time describing it, but I, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm big into, like I say, into female synth pop. That's been, Churches is a big, yeah. big project I was into for a while. And, and uh, at times she sounds like that. Um, sometimes she sounds more like, like gritty, like like a yelly kind of 
I don't know how to describe it, like maybe Kitty or something. I don't know. Mm, I could see I that. That's know? actually um, like Kitty. And I don't know what the lead female singer of churches not, is. Uh, oh, Lauren. Lauren. Uh, I can't remember her last name, but yeah. But her voice is very like sweet. Yes. And yes. I, that's it. Yeah. And I feel like Shaylin has that in she her. Does that. Uh, yeah. 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 She'll she'll, she'll mostly stay in that, and then mm-hmm. and then once in a while like burst out into other things. And and I mean like Shaylin, I think if I'm not mistaken, used to play in a pop punk band. And then, and then she played in Grimm, which was a little more like rock. Like, so she has that, that vibe totally. Right. But I don't know, you know, like, it's funny though. I, I, I mean, we have some intentionality in our project, but at the same time, I feel like we have just let it come to us a bit. Like when I've sent a song over her beats, like I, I had like a, um, like a list of them and she just picked the ones that, that resonated with her and just wrote whatever to them. And I never really like told her, Hey, you got to do this to that. Like, I just kind of let her do it and just see what happens. And yeah. So, I mean, her, her vocal stylings were all, while they're kind of intentional in the production phase of things, I do feel like they just kind of naturally happened. Yeah. yeah. They were um, like very much her own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I never wanted to create a project with a collaborator that has no input in it. Like I, no, I know, that'd be super boring. Right. Um, and also very like control freaky. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I mean, like Shalin isn't, you know, uh, she doesn't play an instrument per se or anything like that. So she can't contribute to that way. But, but I mean like, like bitter was, uh, totally her, her spark. I mean, I, she sang some vocals for me on, on a, on an iPhone and sent them to me and I just started building around it. Yeah. I just put it in my program and I like metro put it in a metronome and, and then I started building stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that like non, uh, like trying to, Hey, you should do this. You should do that. Kind of like micromanaging. It's like mm-hmm. everyone has their own expertise. And that was something that I tried to do with recording Dear Disaster as well, because, um, I wrote everything on that album. So I wrote the, like all the piano, all the vocals, the lyrics, like the, the bones of the album was written by me, but then other people came in and added, you know, drums, added guitar, added a bass, right. um, added synth. And, I didn't want to be too, like, yeah, I, I kind of just wanted, like, people to let their genius come through in whatever they came up mm-hmm. with. And I, I wanted to have as little input as possible. The only input was, does this feel like it fits? Right. Because sometimes the ideas don't fit. It creates a different vibe than what you yeah. imagine. Definitely somebody somebody has to be the producer, director type person at some point, right? And, um but yeah, I, I feel like, well, and you had Chris Demas on your album. So, yeah. so I mean, you had, <laughs> you, you had like probably the best, one of the best drummers in Regina. Maybe Although he didn't do any of the drumming. He didn't. Hey? No. Oh, Mike, he did guitar, hey? Yeah. Okay. Mike did all the drumming, but Chris did do a couple like percussive things. Mm, so okay. for example, we have this track, uh, Dear Disaster, which um, we spent a long time messing around with that one, trying to get the right sound. Um, but basically what's that, uh, like the, no, what's the, uh, I don't know what these percussion instruments are called, but they're like really tall, skinny drums. And you stand up and like I don't know they go have, crazy on them. I, I I, I'm not great at, at identifying <laughs> my drums. They, they probably sound more like not bongos, but like uh, no, not know. it's like you sticks on them. Um, right. It was basically like like it was, it was okay. really fast uh, drum work, like but it added stuff. like yeah, yeah. So he added a lot of like percussion. Um, he did like shakers and stuff. Like obviously, it doesn't take a whole lot of skill to do shakers, but uh, he did add those little touches, and mm. he did do some guitar as well. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think I remember seeing the, the Instagram stories where he was like sitting there, like jamming on the guitar. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. Like you, you have the, like one of an the best. Amazing lo- drummer. <laughs> I know. Studio. Like, isn't he an award-winning drummer? Yeah. Right? And like, then you put him on guitar. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> But, but, but um, going back to the consistency or coherency thing, mm-hmm. it made sense to not, because, uh, because if Mike did nine of the songs and then Chris did one, it might be like, it might not fit. Right. 
So I guess that was ultimately like their creative decision, even though like technically he probably would have been able to come up with something really cool. Yeah. Um, it does get noticeable. Yeah. Uh, that happened to linger. Like we had uh, Justin Robson drum, I think on three of the tracks uh, on our album. And then Scott Tipple came in to finish the album mm-hmm. and they're both great drummers in their own right, but different styles. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it is, I, for me, it's noticeable. I mean, even the engineering is noticeable because there those three were recorded at this like really fancy high end studio. And then the rest were recorded at home <laughs> on their own. And then some were mixed at that same studio. Some are mixed by another person. So yeah. Yeah. Note, note to people doing releases, you're going to do a full album. You can put out wherever you want. Sure. But if there's consistency in the recording process and the people involved, it, it does help. Well, yeah. is this something I'd love to ask you about uh, branding a little bit? Because mm-hmm. uh, if we're talking about consistency, this is something I've just, I hate marketing um, and I hate thinking about this stuff because there's something about it that feels very artificial. I'm like, I just want to like wear whatever I wear and like have pictures sure. look like whatever and just don't don't control me, man, by trying to make me have a certain visual appeal or something. Um, but have you guys thought about the visual branding of your album? Like how, yes. like the, the photos you release and stuff like that? hundred percent. Yeah. Um, memes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, like, I hate to say it, but like, we're, you know, we're kind of like, I like the, the goth depressing memes, like kind of like the absurdist nature of talking about like depression and, and anxiety openly on the internet. Like I kind of like, yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen any of those kind of memes where they're, they're it's jokey stuff. Cause we, we, we both have mental health problems. Both but it's Shalit like jokey and, and dark at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. It's dark humor, but it's, it, it does represent us because mm-hmm. it, in some ways we have to laugh at ourselves because it's a real struggle to get through our lives some days. Right. So, um, so yeah, that was always the brand is like, well, you know, like let's just, be, let's, that's just, it's who we are. It's who mm-hmm. we are anyway, but we want to be kind of jokey and gothy. Like, like, like almost like, oh my God, we're so sad. Like, like on purpose, like so dark, you know, like, like, like that kind of thing. So that's always been our, our vibe and, and then very personable. Like, I don't, I don't feel like we do anything that's overly grandiose on our, on our social media. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even like, you know, part of our, like we, we did this thing for our album where we have one track where we actually had like people contribute to it. And the idea was that we wanted to just connect with random people who kind of relate to some of the mental health issues we have. And we just got them to record themselves saying some things that people have said to them. Um, oh, cool. In, in like, like almost like people giving them advice that, that um, was misplaced and maybe mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as well intentioned, but, you know, and, and we use that. And there's actually the scene in the album where Shalin's, you know, sitting there and she basically, there's an intervention and all these people are around her telling her these things. Um, and it's, it's called distortions. It's on the album. It's just like a little interlude thing, but yeah, we, we did that so that we could connect with the audience and, and, um, like we thought it'd be really cool to have other people's voices on there. Who, yeah. Who could, that's fun. Right. It was fun. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, um, that the part of our brand is, is building that community with other people too. Like we just, we're very open about the struggles we've had. And, and this album really represents that. I mean, the, the album's called things are not okay, which is a meme, a meme phrase to begin with. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty impactful right now because I feel like everybody feels that way. Mm-hmm. You know, things just aren't that great right now. And this album is a, a reflection of that for both of us. Like we've gone through some crazy struggles over the last few years and, and all the music and the lyrics and everything is, is about all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, well, I got an album coming out called Dear Disaster. So I feel right, like right. it's you, like a different angle of uh, the same uh, kind of vibe. Although I don't go in the goth direction the way no, that you go. No, no, Yeah. I, yeah. What, what, I, I mean, I know you're, I the, know, you're the interviewer here, but what, 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 uh, yeah, what's your vibe then? What's your vibe on your on your album? Well, this is where I struggle a little bit. I mean, I think uh, 
the the vibe is just the photos that we happened to take um, back when we were recording the album. We found like a field of brown eyed mm. Susans and we just took some like kind of, I don't know, um, artsy looking pictures and those. So like my my branding vibe is basically just that right now. Well, yeah, I, mean, I know Criminal Kids like first album too, though. There was there was this kind of nature com- clashing with yeah, things and that's- like... I want and thank you for bringing that up because I wanted there to be a connection because uh, the first album was these blue walls are faking freedom so it's kind of mm-hmm. like um, you know the album covers like a guy sitting inside looking at a like a blue wall basically uh, the artificiality of it is is what I wanted to go for and that's similar to this album I really like the art that my friend Logan is doing mm-hmm. um, where it it's like uh, like a statue that's exploding. Uh, cool. essentially in like kind of a cosmic way so i like the juxtaposition of that with um a very organic looking picture with flowers because it it symbolizes to me two parts of a journey um to like to overcoming really hard things i don't know uh <laughs> i don't want to like usurp the discussion on that but um, no. branding is a really challenging thing it and actually is. about challenging things i was curious about one thing so since you're going through the process of marketing an album uh, what is the hardest part about releasing an album for you? Mm. Are you finding? Yeah, I think the most challenging thing with the album for me is always the artwork. I, I, um, like trying to brand and trying to release, like I just, I'm doing it all myself because I just, I'm so cheap and I don't want to pay anybody. And we've already paid so much for so many things. It's incredibly expensive. Right. So I just, I get lazy with that and I don't like it. Like I never, I'm never super happy with the stuff I, I do for the covers and stuff like that. And now we're, so we're doing, you know, we're going to release a full length album and I'm actually, Shalin's coming here Tuesday to do a photo shoot and we do have an idea for it. And I'm hoping it's going to go really well. Oh, so you guys but, are like going to make the art. Yes. For the album cover. Yes. Oh, so it's not finalized yet. No, no, oh, it, it okay. was. And then I just didn't like it. Okay. I, it just kind of, it just initially it was just going to be our logo and like splatters and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, the more I thought about it, like it really doesn't represent what's going on here. Like we've become a lot more bright and punky. And so I want it to represent that a little bit. Like, like with counterfeit, it was really colorful as much as it was dark. There was like bright green and like all these other things. And we just, right. I, I think that, that brand of like, we're, we're, we're still kind of poppy. We're still kind of punky pop, you know? And so, so yeah, the album's cover is going to have that kind of vibe too. And, and again, still meme-ish, like we still want to reference memes and I, and it's not just, oh, memes get exposure. It's like, that's just who we are. Like I literally go on the internet for memes. Like I can't think of the, I can't think of the other thing I do more than, than look at memes. On the you internet, should start you know? sending me your memes. Cause I have on my phone, I don't know if this ages me, but I save them in a folder, like my favorite memes. Mm, I'll just like download yeah. them. And then I have like rainy day folder of memes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's lovely. Uh, I, I have a backlog that I can post. Like I, I post to the meme swap from here in Regina, like the 306 meme swap. There's a Regina memes. Well, I should probably add you. Yeah. You will probably enjoy it. And, and <laughs> yes. it's like a big group of us. And, and I, I have like a big backlog of memes ready to post. Oh, wonderful. But, yes. But. <laughs> like hook me up with the meme group. And it's a pretty good meme group. Like it's, it's not the memes. Like Facebook memes. It's not like Pepe the frog memes and, and, you know, like weird <laughs> things like that. Like most of it's, yeah, most of it's pretty good. Good, but, good, good. But yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. Branding for me is all about just kind of, it's almost like poking fun at ourselves as much as it is being artistic. Like, uh, because yeah, like I've always been this like over the top 
goth kid and stuff like that. And, you know, inside I'm always that, (laughs) you know, I'm still that, you know, in some ways. So it's interesting that the, um, like the album cover is the, like one of the most challenging parts for you. Cause I'm thinking like, oh, I just outsource that. Like I just have a friend Mm -hmm. who's really good. So I don't even have to worry about it. I should do that. Um, but I just think like, I look at all the things that you do. It's like, you do all the recording and the editing and the mixing and the mastering and all, all these things that are very complex as far as I'm concerned. Um, and those things to you are like not the the difficult things. Yeah, uh, their work. I think I think I know their work. Uh, what's difficult about it is not even so much the process of doing it. It's the fact that I'm the artist and the producer. That part's hard because I can I can tinker forever. Uh, there's right. no, like I could and I did. I mean, I just remixed the lead single two weeks ago and right. it's been like mixed forever. Um, so so yeah, that that can be a challenge because because you can't separate yourself. You're never. You're not looking at it. I'm not looking at it objectively. I'm looking at it. Well, I am, but I, I just get too lost in it. I'm too close to it, I guess. That makes sense. Because if you were to, like, if you were paying someone to, to like, edit it or mm-hmm. produce it or whatever, it's like, there is an end point because you're paying them. Yeah. But you're yourself. And they put their twist on it too, right? Like, like I mean, I, I'm doing my own stuff and I'm mixing my own stuff. So it's, nobody's putting a twist on it. Like, it's all up to me, <laughs> you know? And, that's true. And sometimes that's great. Sometimes it's wonderful because I just make a decision. And I just do it. And there's no, you know, there's no middle person to go through. But then other times it's not great because I don't have anybody to bounce off of, right? You're like the the Sam Esmail of, uh, uh, sorry, I love Mr. Robot. And mm. Sam Esmail did like the whole thing. And it's very rare for a TV show person to to like direct the episodes, to write the episodes, right. like all of them. He wrote like, I think all of them or mostly all of that, them. That guy must've had so many mental health problems <laughs> by the end, <laughs> know, right? man, working in TV. I know what that's like, but, um, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, I, 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 I feel like just being that close to it. Um, there is something that gets lost sometimes. Right. And, and I did, I did actually, uh, my friend, Walt J., um, who's a fellow engineer in town, he mastered it. So I didn't master. Oh, so I, you had someone else's ears to do I that. I decided at least yeah. to have that. So I had somebody's objective ear on it. But I mean, at, at the same time, I would have loved to have given him tracks to mix. If I would have had the budget, mm-hmm. I would have totally just said, hey, here you go. Because I love the way he mixes. I love his sound. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I, I did have his ear. At least I got to ask him some questions here and there. And he was he was awesome. Like he, you know, he shared, openly shared his engineering advice with me. And, and, and I, I mean- somebody who's been in this industry a long time, that's not the way things used to be. Uh, you know, you wouldn't just tell people your secrets all the time, right? Quotes unquote secrets. But I feel like younger engineers are way more, um, way, are way better at collaborating and helping each other. As opposed to like holding on like the, like the secret recipe that, yeah. you know, grandma keeps in a safe kind of thing. Totally. I mean, I, 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 I it's funny because where I am in my generation, I'm in my age is I'm kind of like right in the middle of that transition between, kind of, I call them the old heads. You're an elder millennial. In some ways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and like I was, I, I, I was around for the, the advent of technology for music, right? Like I was around for when the internet started, I, I've been there since dial up. Right. Um, I've watched video games progress from Atari <laughs> all the way to PS5. Right. And, and gaming PCs. And, and, uh, so I have a bit of a different perspective because I can connect with both those sides, I feel like. And, mm-hmm. but one thing I really, I'm really excited about, like I say with youth is that they're just so willing to share information. Um, you, you just go, it's like YouTube. a lack of possessiveness about it. Totally, totally. Yeah. And it's almost about like, like I have no reservations now about my own skill level. Like I, I feel like I'm, I'm good at what I do and I have a business and as long as I stay good at what I do and as long as I keep, you know, working hard, uh, I don't, I don't see a reason why I shouldn't be in demand. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I think in the past people will thought like you would come steal those skills and then you would take their clients, all the clients and no one right? else would go to you anymore. And no one else yeah. would go to you. And maybe there's some truth to that. I don't know. Like I've never experienced that It's a kind of like scarcity mindset. So. Yes. Yes. And, um, but I, I feel like now that mindset can exist because the information is just readily available everywhere. So you can't, you have nothing to hold on to. So you have to make it about how you treat people and how you, how you interact with others. Like, I feel like my skill level is one thing. But my ability to collaborate is a totally different thing. That's a, a super good point and a very optimistic perspective on the future mm-hmm. and the direction that uh, we as a society are going with. Because, I mean, you you could come up with problems all day uh, yeah. with, like, the way that we share content and stuff nowadays and, uh, like, how everything's getting so bite-sized and et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it does have the virtue of if you're a jerk, like – then you're not going to have clients because you're not like the sole provider of uh, like, you're not the like, like top chef in the kitchen with the secret recipe anymore. Yep. I must be hungry. I keep going to food. <laughs> <laughs> going to you did chef. a lot of cooking in the past. We didn't even get into yes, that. Yes, but, yes, but, yes, yes. Yeah. Too many, too many projects. Um, but, but you're right. I think there's like a huge social benefit to that because then people who are like pretty nice people who do a good job will do better in the end. Yeah. And that yep. makes me feel pretty like. No, it, it is. It's like, you know, and I, I don't want to sit here and toot my own horn or anything like that, but, but I mean, I have a social work degree, right. And I have seen that benefit my career over and over again. Oh, interesting. Because I, I have the ability to, to communicate well, like that's, that's part of. And empathize. And empathize and all yeah. those things. Right. And, and those are important skills in this, in this field. They are. And I mean, I just, I had this one client recently who'd been calling me a lot and, you know, been struggling with some things uh, like about their art and. And like, I was there to console them in some ways and talk them through it. And and I feel like that's one skill that I have that maybe other engineers wouldn't have all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying nobody has that skill, but, but I can see that those, that combination of skills really gives me an advantage. And yeah, I mean. Who wants to work with somebody that you don't enjoy being around? Right, right exactly. Like, so, well, and and the ego thing too, because it's uh, I feel like being able to set aside your ego and uh, it being about the person that you're working with, the person that you're recording, as opposed to like, look at me, I'm this like super awesome recording guy. Yeah, right, right, and I think that's important, big time. Like, I I don't want to become, I I never want to become like a personality, right? Like, I never, I'm not really interested in. I don't know, like I, I not that not to knock any of these big engineers out there, but there's like the Chris Lordologies and all these things. Like, you know, they're they're big names in engineering, and you know, and they're big deals, and there's plugins designed after. Like, I, I, that's not my interest. Like, I, I think I'm really much more interested in just yeah, collaborating with artists and and helping people tell their stories and and making really interesting things. And if I can make a living doing it, like that's perfect. Like that's what I'm going for. So well, yeah. and that's what you're doing, yeah. and uh, that's a good way to wrap up. I mean, I feel like. I mentioned this to you earlier, but Dave is, I think, my only musician friend who's, like, managed to, like, make a living from music. I can't think of uh, anyone else who has. I mean, yeah. in, in a real, like, like you own your own business. Like, you, like I do that, too. So it's, yeah. it's kind of rare to meet others, like, with a music business in the yeah. wild. Yeah, especially, especially in Saskatchewan. It's yes. like there's only a million people here. <laughs> And, uh, and it's a big province and it's not yeah. an art centered province. There's definitely others, you know, like I think of Todd Bryanton and I don't know, I don't know his story very well. I haven't talked to him in years, but, uh, I just know that he wrote like beep beep. I'm a sheep, which is a huge internet hit. Uh, he wrote, uh, I like trains, I believe like there, uh, there's these huge internet, my, 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 all the kids, my, my son oh, yeah? knows a song. His friends all know beep beep. I'm a sheep. Like it's a huge meme. That's really cool. And he wrote it. He's from town. And so that guy, he's so elusive. Like, I just don't see him anywhere. He's not on social media going crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's just making a living, I think, doing this stuff. As far as I know, because 
I mean, when you have millions of views and subscribers on things, I think I think you can make money. But but yeah. Well, congrats on the expansion of your business Thanks. and like hiring your first uh, a contractor, essentially, like or employee. Well, actually, not... he's a he's a business partner. Oh, he's a business. Partner. Yeah, okay. we're, we're all in together. Yeah, we're, oh, we're married. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we took our vows. Well, good luck on your marriage. <laughs> it's a new marriage. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh, like like all the work that you picked up recently and stuff like that, I think it's awesome. What would you want to um, like share with people? Like where can people find you? That kind of stuff. I think if you want to get a good picture of like all around, there's two places to go is uh, RomanEmpireStudios.com. That's the main place. You can find everything there. Um I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. I'm on all, all those places. Yeah, you were just um, talking, we were talking on the podcast. Like you just got started with TikTok. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to put a lot of content to a lot of plans. So you're putting um, me to shame a little bit well, there. I, well, I'm and the, actually, I'm the old lady now. Well, well, you know, it's it's. It, I was kind of forced to. I, I feel like not not forced to, but I feel like I, I'm at a point now where I'm realizing how important it will be for me uh, going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be sharing a lot of information, just like we were talking about. I mean, there'll be tutorials. There'll be little tidbits of information. Um, it's, you know, and I do that already on Instagram a little bit. Like I'll share like, oh, this plugin's really cool. Try this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to do more of that. Um, so yeah, you can check me out, RomanEmpireStudios.com. And then Femme Fragile is the music project I'm involved in. And I didn't say this actually uh, yet on the podcast, but I, I actually, I, we are switching the branding even more now to it being just about Shalin. Yes. Where yeah. you're, you're like in the, she's like the personality of yeah. it. It's kind of like how I'm the criminal kid. Yeah. She's the, yeah. she's Billie Eilish and I'm the yeah. brother and I'm her brother. The brother. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of how I want to set it up. And, and for a lot of reasons, cause I think it gets a little muddled when there's, there's two of us in the limelight and I don't really care to be in the limelight. I, I just, I think, I think Shalin is the personality. She's got, she's got spunkiness and she's, you know, she's interesting to talk to and, and uh, yeah, so I, I we're going to brand it like that. And it's going to be about her. Well, the industry has um, also changed, like in fairness, right? Where it's all about yeah. like individual personalities. It is. And yeah. yeah, that's that's another reason why we're doing it. Because I'm like, nobody cares about a band. Like, do I want to be a band? I don't not know. right now. No. I, don't, I don't know. Like, no. like, I mean, I'm not saying nobody, but uh, it, uh, clearly in the top 10, it's mm-hmm. even, maybe even top 50. <laughs> it's all collabs. It's like solo yeah. artists and collaborations. Right. Um, Which, by the way, we have to do at some point. We will. We're yeah. going to. Um, so yeah, femfragile.com. is our website so if you want to go there you can check that out too we're also on tiktok instagram facebook everything and youtube lots of music videos pretty and dying counterfeit yeah check them out very cool thank you for um letting me infiltrate your basement and making use of your equipment to have you on my (laughs) show even though this is really your yeah yeah well no no it's great i Again, like I say, the reason why I wanted to podcast was just to hang out with people like yourself because I don't do it enough. So yeah, and it gets great. you in the room with uh, creative people, and it like it's a yeah. social excuse and everything like exactly. that. Exactly. So check out the podcast that we recorded previously on uh, Creative Coliseum mm-hmm. uh, by Roman Empire Studios. <laughs> I'm and not the, sure who's is going to come out first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll have to like coordinate this yeah, a little bit. Yeah. We'll probably do like let's do like a simultaneous post. Yeah, we'll do something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll, we'll cross pollinate. Yeah, yeah. cross. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Excellent, yeah. and. The battery just died. So with that, I am going to uh, say farewell. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye, everybody.